Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Barstoolers International Tournament Podcast. Barstoolers Premier League Podcast. We're going continental and we said we deliver some different content to you this summer and we're providing so far. We had our transfer video up on YouTube last week and now we've got our preview for Euro 2020 or Euro 2021. I remember last year it said it came out that they weren't changing the name. And I laughed at it, and now I'm just calling it Euro 2020. I'm not even thinking about it. So, um, yeah, their branding has worked. So we're going to be previewing the tournaments with the help of a very special guest. We're going to have our resident Italian football expert, Giordano Pantosti, calling in from Rome to give us the lowdown on Italy and uh, what we can expect from them this summer. Uh, but, lads, are you looking forward to the tournaments? I'm actually I'm quite buzzing for it. I thought... I wasn't going to care at all because there's maybe a lack of fans and it's been hosted in different countries. But at this stage, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm just ready for a dirty international tournament. So we've been deprived of one for three years. We were expecting one last summer. It didn't happen. And now it's back. Yeah, the Cup, Cup America is on now too. Well, actually, we don't know if it's still going ahead or not. Uh, but I remember seeing somewhere that BBC had bought the rights for some of the Cup America games, and there was one day there was like six six games on, supposed to be six games on back to back, which would just be fantastic, especially if you're out in the beer garden that's open again. Entirely on the piss watching football would be fantastic. But yeah, because I know we still had summer football last year, I know the Premier League came back and then the Champions League, but it's been a while since the international. It's been three years since the last international tournament now. Like it's. You kind of want, and then we're going to have two in the space of 18 months, which probably is a bit too much. Then you just love the international tournament vibe. It's again not the same as it normally is, but it just it's so good to have. Okay, and just before we actually get into it, we're going to be talking about the best Euros moments, the most Euros player, our tournament predictions, including who's going to win it, who's going to win the golden boot, our dark horse, etc. Your must have fantasy players, as I said, the interview with Giordano. 
and you're going to find out who we're going to be supporting this summer and that should certainly be interesting uh, and then just a quick point on the best fantasy players we've got a fantasy league um, so be sure to join that we have tweeted it a couple of times on our Twitter so head over there and you'll see the code and you can join our fantasy league and have a bit of crack there but um, the first point of discussion the best Euros moments we're going to divulge in a little bit of nostalgia for a couple of minutes what are some of your best Euro moments personally I just remember being 11, 12 years old and seeing Mario Balotelli turn into a superstar at Euro 2012 and then fall off the face or soon after um, so yeah Balotelli's the iconic celebration the goal against Germany that goal against Ireland even where you know Ireland's chances were gone at that stage and he was going mad and I think it was Benucci or Chiellini were trying to hold him back he was unbelievable at that tournament as an Ireland fan Robbie Brady's bullet header against Italy knocks a pass Sirigu the classic it's there commentary line and then those few minutes where uh, we were the whole first half we were up against France and you kind of thought this is too good to be true and then Griezmann put us out of our misery unfortunately but yeah Robbie Brady's late winner against Italy was, was probably my favourite moment might be a bit biased but I mean who cares it was a great time to be an Irish football fan uh, yeah so obviously we're all 2021 20, so these is all going to heavily be the last three euros there's not really going to be much Considered before 2008, which is why I'm going to go for my favourite Euros moment is, uh, well, my favourite Euros moment is obviously Brady against Italy, but just to add something different, I'm going to go for Fernando Torres' winner against Germany in the 2008 final, because I just started supporting Liverpool, Torres was the big thing at the time, I remember spending the summer watching Fernando Torres' videos on YouTube, it was the first major tournament I ever watched, I'd only just, I was only just getting back, or I was only just getting into football at the time. Uh, Torres was immediately my favourite player scored the winner against Germany obviously loved him at Liverpool at the time as well so like, I've, I've uh, that's definitely one I treasure a lot Yeah and another fantastic one again from Euro 2016 obviously we're going to be a bit biased here as Ronan said but Euro 2016 was objectively a great tournament and the best moment was Iceland knocking England. I have out. that. I oh, have that on my list one, as yeah. well. I have that on yeah. my list as well. And Steve McLaren looking like a mug yeah. on Sky Sports News. Sixteen. Beautiful. <laughs> Just the disappointment in his face was absolutely unbelievable. Harry Kane on corners. Iceland with about four people in the country beating England. Beautiful. Just, just everything about Iceland at that tournament because I remember those the, the last group stage game. I think they scored. What was it? it was one of the group stage games they scored a last minute winner. I remember the. The lad from the Icelandic commentary was going mad. So good. He's basically crying on commentary. Unbelievable. Absolutely demolished by France then. It's quite sad, but... I don't even remember. What, what score was, was that? It was like 6-2 or like something, I think. 4-5-1, something... A big dick and down, to be oh, fair. Oh, I do remember. Was it like really bad in like the first half or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do remember that. Gee, again, another great moment. Adair scoring the winner. Did he even make an appearance before the final? Did he score uh, that long-range goal? That's the only thing he's ever done in football, ever. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was like his first goal for Portugal or something as well. I'm sure... I've, I've everyone had France as the favourites. France, uh, at their home World Cup, home tournament, looked like they were going to win. Cristiano Ronaldo off in the first five minutes of the final. Like that, Adair pops up and scores the winner. 
all the brilliant Portugal teams they've had down the years, like you'd think of like Luis Vigo and all that, and they could never win a Euros. And then they're in the final and they lose one of the best players of all time in the final within five minutes. And the rest of that squad, no harm to them, wasn't very good. I couldn't name you most of that Portugal team, apart from Adair and Ronaldo and probably Rui Patricio with the net because he's been playing in Nets for about 20 years, I'd say at this stage. Ronaldo Sanchez, unbelievable at that tournament. Yeah, he was class that tournament and then he fell off for years after he went to Bayern and then he was passing to the the advertising board. So now he's having a bit of a resurgence at the ripe old age of like, he's like 23. Good story about Renato Sanchez. When I was at um, my 18th birthday, my mom brought me over to Germany for a Bayern Munich match. My cousin was living over there and we got on the, the train out to the Allianz Arena and there was a bunch of Welsh lads on the bus we were like what the story is it and they were Swansea fans and they got tickets to the game through Renato Sanchez they just, they just knew him <laughs> from Swansea like yeah that's unreal I think the best part of that final was uh, they'd left the lights on or something in the stadium the night before so the place was absolutely swarmed with moths there was all these Twitter accounts like Ronaldo's moth and there's just all these insects on his face it was amazing <laughs> oh yeah yeah but then maybe moving on to the most Euros players ever. One name sticks out in my mind, and that's Alan Jagowiev. Yeah, that man, in my eyes, is still about 21 years age and is still Russia's great hope. Any others, Alan Jagowiev, you know, there's a lot of international players, but maybe Euros might be a little bit more difficult. But have, have you got anybody? I had Alan Jagowiev top mind, and then... I kind of struggle with this one. I said Fernando Torres because I know he's he's well known for his club level, but at international level, he was scored the winner in 2008 and was really good in 2012, uh, but was shite in both World Cups for Spain um, that he played in. And when I picture him in a Spain jersey, all I can do is picture him at either one of those Euro tournaments. And then I think I also have any member of the 2004 Greece team, Karagounis in particular. Yeah, Greece was always pretty reliable in Euros tournaments. Yeah, I found this one a bit difficult to distinguish the difference just between like an international player and a Euros player. Like Kloza, he only existed on the international stage. But I think one, I think this might be a bit too close to just an international player, but Podolski, I feel like yeah. that might be a little bit vague, but He's just a gunman. 2008, he was very good. Cannons for legs, yeah. There's a lot of uh, Italian players who just... It's like... uh, I can't pick out any one player. Like, players like Zaza and Diamante, who, like, only went to, like, one tournament. But, like, those kind of... Italy always have a few of them in their squad. And they always end up playing that kind of a player as well. I feel like it is is very... Just obviously capable, but in the grand scheme of things, quite average Italian footballers. I think just sums up Euro for me as well. Also, probably anyone from the Czech Republic. They always seem to make the Euros, and I don't think yeah. I can't remember the last time they were at a World Cup. Tom, Maybe Tom Yeah, just like anyone that. from the Czech Republic. Okay, but moving on to maybe uh, more more important matters, more pressing matters. The tournament predictions. Have you got up your brackets? We're going to talk about uh, our dark horses. Maybe do we see anyone getting knocked out very early? Who's going to win it? So I'm going to get my bracket up here on my screen. 
Okay, so in the group stage, we're not going to name, obviously, every group. We don't really have time for that. But have you got anyone maybe heading out early in the group stage that you mightn't expect? I haven't really, purely because uh, four of the six third-place teams will go through as well. Just in a quick glance, I don't think I have any major upsets in the group stages. Like even with the, the group with the three big dogs, Group F, that's France, Portugal, Germany. I have them all ending up going through. Yeah, I think I think I have Portugal going through as the third place team in our group, though, as one of the one of the best place mm. third place teams. Um, try who did I? Who do you have as your third place teams going through? I have Denmark, Austria, Czech Republic, and Portugal. I had Switzerland and Sweden to go out. Well, I'll I'll put it like this: the teams I have going out are Wales, Finland, Austria. Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, North Macedonia, and Scotland. Yeah. I have pretty similar. It's the way this is laid out. It's hard to see who I have in and who I don't. Right. So going out: Turkey, Finland, North Macedonia, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Hungary, and then I have Scotland and Russia, both going out as well. They are okay. the teams that are knocked out in the group stages. Okay, so any interest in last uh, 16 ties? Mine are fairly tame. Two two good ones, though. I have England against Portugal and the Netherlands against Germany. Yeah, I have the same. We I have, have a pretty similar bracket cone. I have hmm. I have Belgium playing Portugal, and I have Belgium to win that one. I think I think the current holders are going to go out in the last 16. The rest of them is pretty much just all the big guns I have Netherlands playing Czech Republic and I think I have the Netherlands going through but I can see I wouldn't be shocked if Czech Republic won that because I don't think Netherlands team is fantastic yeah so in my round of 16 I have Belgium beating Sweden uh, Italy beating Ukraine France beating Switzerland Spain beating Croatia uh, Poland to beat Russia, Portugal beating England. So England are going to be heading out in the round of 16. So that would be um, very disappointing for them. But that's what I see happening. Uh, Netherlands are going to shock. I suppose shock, maybe not too major shock. Netherlands are going to beat Germany. Uh, they're going to get through the quarterfinals at least. And then Turkey uh, to beat Denmark. That's really the battle of the, the dark horses. I've seen Turkey and Denmark named quite a bit. Yeah, we have a similar... Um sort of round 16 so i have belgium beating sweden italy beating austria france beating wales um poland beating croatia spain beating ukraine portugal also knocking out england the same with netherlands beating germany and then switzerland beating denmark so yeah i have i have belgium beating portugal italy beating ukraine france beating denmark england beating poland spain beating austria germany beating croatia netherlands beating czech republic and i have turkey to beat russia Okay, they're going into the quarterfinals. Do you have any upsets? I have Italy to, I suppose, shock Belgium. I think Italy are going to be uh, quite street smart um, and battle-hardened, but we'll see what Giordano thinks later on the podcast. I have France to beat Spain pretty easily. Portugal will beat Poland, and then the Netherlands will beat Turkey. So semi-final, at least, uh, for the Netherlands. Um, would be a pretty good tournament for them, I think. Mine, I don't have any upsets really. I have Belgium to beat Italy, France to beat Poland, and then maybe, I don't know, I have Spain and Portugal, but I have Portugal coming out 
on top of that one because I think Portugal are just very good. And then Netherlands to beat Switzerland. Uh, I have a wee bit of an upset. I have Turkey to beat the Netherlands. Other than that, I have France against France to beat England, uh, Belgium to beat Italy, and Germany to beat Spain. Which means Germany being the semi final. I I don't think Germany or Spain, either of them, have brilliant squads for this world uh, or Euros even. But the rest of them, England might beat France. I mean, I think England definitely are one of the stronger teams in the tournament, but like, other than that, there's not any massive upsets. Okay, so then my semi-finals are Italy against France and Portugal against Netherlands. And I'd love to say that I have a couple of shocks here, but I don't. I have France to beat Italy and Portugal to beat the Netherlands, meaning a repeat of the 2016 final uh, where France will play Portugal at Wembley. Hey, like my, my bracket is the least... Daring, my bracket is very vanilla. Pretty much all the favourites getting through most times. But I have Belgium, Topland, France, and Portugal beating Netherlands. So Portugal will get to their get to the final and uh, in Wembley against Belgium. Be a nice final. Uh, I have France to beat Belgium and Germany to beat Turkey. Turkey in the uh, Euro semi-final would be so I, good. I just, it's just the way my brackets have worked out. I think Turkey had a fairly all right run. Like in the last 16, I had them playing Russia, which I think they should win. And I have against Netherlands, which I mean, they might lose to the Netherlands, but I, I want to give them... I, just, I, want, I want to have a dark horse in there, you know? Uh, but they're going to lose to Germany. And I think, yeah... Did, we predict, yeah. did you predict your final result? Uh, so my final could be France and Germany. Not not quite yet. But yeah, I, I, Roland, you're not at all wrong for saying Turkey will get to the semi-final because they do have a decent route and they have a nice enough team. Like I've heard so many people say that Turkey are their dark, dark horses to the point where I don't think they're dark horses. I think there's actually expectation on Turkey to get to at least the quarterfinal, if not the semi-final, which, which would be great. I'd love to see That's Turkey cool. have a good tournament. Um, but yeah, I've seen a few people say Denmark as well, maybe a bit darker of a horse. I was I was gonna look at the squad that Turkey have. The bookies odds here, like would you think the big teams are your Netherlands, Portugal, Italy, Germany, Spain, Belgium, France, England? There's only two teams that have better odds than Turkey. So it's Croatia and Denmark and then Turkey. So like Turkey and Poland have the same, but Turkey have better odds than Switzerland. Austria, Czech Republic, they've, so they've, they're still fairly ranked. They've a really, obvious. really good defence. Um, I don't know their goalkeepers, but they have uh, Soyuncu, Demiral, Zelic uh, oh. from Lille, Kabak's going. Uh, decent up at field. They've Chen, Chengiz under. Uh, okay, Yukoslu from West Brom. Like, he seemed all right. Chalanoglu, obviously, as well. And like Barak Yelmez has had a very good season. Yeah, he's been a good man this season. Yeah, and Charles Nogley has has had a brilliant season with with AC Milan, very very good. But um, but yeah, so I think we're probably in agreement that Turkey are our dark horse. Yeah, it doesn't get too much. But I have Poland getting to a quarter final. That'll be decent for them. Yeah, Poland have, are just good because of Lewandowski. Yeah, pr- pretty much. And if Netherlands get into a semi final, would you consider them a dark horse? I mean, it's their first tournament in seven years without Van Dijk. So, without Van Dijk, yeah. like they still do have a good team. Still like, have Delish. Yeah. Frankie de Jong, Malin's good, like Depay, Wijnaldum, like they still have a oh, great that, team. That defence would be ridiculous with Van Dijk in it, actually. Mm. It's still like Dumfries, De Ligt, 
is Daly Blind still knocking around for it? Daly Blind's still he good. He is, yeah. They're, yeah, De Vrij. They're, they're playing Veghorst up front, mm. though, with the pie, I think. Like, De Vrij and De Ligt is still a very good defensive partnership. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they're, I think Turkey, I think it's fair to say, are a dark horse. Then France against Portugal at Wembley. France are going to get their revenge from 2016, and they're going to win because they're too good. Their team is ridiculous. They're going to win two tournaments in a row. I have Belgium to beat Portugal. Lukaku's going to send CR7 home in tears. He's going to give him the tissues down the tunnel. He's going to be covered in his Matanis. Bruno Fernandes and the boys are going to be crying all the way back to Lisbon. Uh, I have I have France, uh, like I have France beat Germany, and for it to be a second tournament, major tournament in a row for France, um, it just it just gives off early two thousand tens. Spain vibes me that France squad like that Spain squad won two thousand eight Euro, one thousand ten World Cup. Um, you'd have to imagine when the next World Cup comes around because I mean it's only eighteen months away. Uh, I was just looking at the Euros the on a 21 squad that France have. Uh, obviously, they got knocked out, but it was, it's quality. And most of the players they have there now are nowhere near retirement age. Like, they'd have to be... Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they did the same as Spain and won three major tournaments in a row. Um, I'm not quite sure how Germany even make it to the final. Because uh, I, I don't... Yeah, I think with a, a sort of lack of an out-and-out yeah. goal score, Germany will struggle like Werner... Who do I have? I have Kai Havertz isn't a striker. Because Germany, I have them to play Croatia in the last 16, and then they're playing Spain. And like Spain's squad is fairly muck as well. Like, uh, so I have Germany's beat them, and then Germany against Turkey in the semi-final. Um, going by my it's, bracket, like I wouldn't be shocked if Turkey got to the final. They won't. They won't. Like whatever uh, way, like our brackets, they probably will turn out very different the way the third place play the third ah, place yeah. teams are placed. But like, it's still good to have a general idea of uh, the also, standings. Also, that's like that. Those brackets are randomized with third place teams as well, because I think yeah. oh, whatever yeah. position of the third place teams, like there's obviously going to be your best place and your fourth best place third place team, and that decides who you play. Um, but as well with the three big teams being in the in Group F, it is very possible that one of them doesn't get out of the group stages. Just because you could imagine each team beating each other and maybe only having three points getting out of the group is not a lot. Yeah, sure. well, it's only a matter of time till we see. So the only other team in that group is Hungary, and you'd imagine Hungary are going to get zero points out of that. So they'd probably be on three points. Like three points might it, it's going to come down to goal difference because I think that happened to Portugal at the last World Cup. Like they only won one game in normal time, and they drew all three of their group stage matches. So they went through with three points, but again, that's going to be tight getting through on that. Okay, so we've got two for France to win, one for Belgium. I think our consensus dark horse was Turkey. And this should be a little bit more interesting. The golden boot. There's definitely some contenders, but I have to be sensible. Use my bracket, seeing who I think is going to go far in the tournament. I'm going to say the golden boot is going to go to Karim Benzema. He's just back with the French national team. He's been the main man now for a couple of seasons at Real. He's been unbelievable. And yeah, he just, he's got the drip. He's going to command respect from them young French players. And he's going to bang in six or seven goals uh, all the way to the final. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say Kareem Benz was going to get the golden boot. I'm going to look up his odds now, see if there's decent odds on him. While you're looking them up, I, I was going to say Lukaku, but I just remembered he's in a really tough group. So like he might not score. No, yeah, I don't. I, I don't think no, he is. They're Denmark, Russia, Finland. Like he's oh, scoring. I was, I was, think, I was thinking he's he was scoring France at least reason. five goals in the group. I was he's thinking he was France for some reason. Door for Belgium. Yeah, he's. I think he has to be him. See, I, I stayed um, clear of like an Mbappe or Ronaldo, just because the group. Mbappe in. plays in the wing, I think, as well for France. Yeah, but he's still. Like, he's still gonna go bang and like, And then he's you could say favorite Benzema. I I could say Kane. But with England in my bracket getting knocked out in the round of 16, like he'll bag them in the group stages like he did in the World Cup. But yeah, big Romelu, he's coming back and he's getting the winner's was, medal and the golden base. Was Kane the top goal scorer at the World Cup, actually? I think, I think so. I think so, yeah. They had like Panama. Six goals. They yeah. beat them like was, six or seven nil. I was doing a tiny sure bit of research. Hat-trick. Antoine Griezmann was a top goal scorer at the last Euros, which mm. is shocking to me because I can't remember him scoring a single goal at that Euros. Scored two against Ireland. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. That's... Yeah, yeah Lukaku's the favourite, all right, because he's got a decent group and obviously Belgium could go far. Benzema, a lot of bookies have him as far as 16 to 1. Now, I'm not advising you gamble. <laughs> this is not financial one, advice. <laughs> this is not financial advice, but 16 to 1. Mm, you know, I, who, who are the top five? So Lukaku's the favourite, then Harry Kane, because A, they're class, and B, their groups are pretty poor. Then it's Mbappe, uh, then Ronaldo, who I was considering as well, because they have Portugal in the final, and then Benzema. Past that, you've got Memphis Depay, Chiro Mobile, Anton Griezmann. I feel like they're putting some disrespect on Lewandowski, because in his group, mm. there's Spain, Sweden, and Slovakia. Yeah, but mm. that, Poland are just... <sighs> And then I have them Croatia in the quarterfinals. Like that could be, I don't know. He's had a, he's off the back of breaking the Bundesliga record for most goals in a season, and he somehow did not win the Player of the Season, which is crazy. He scored yeah, about forty-one was, goals. Alan was third top goal scorer and he got Player of the Year, I think. Throw a few quid on Ferran Torres at thirty-three to one. Yeah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Borac Yilmaz forty to one. Um, yeah, so right, I'm going with Benzema. Michael, you're going with Lukaku. Rona, did you say yours? Um, I was going to go with Lukaku, but I'm going to say Kane just so we have three different answers. Yeah, just to be a deviant wouldn't be yeah. like yeah. Okay, uh, so now we're going to move on to our must-have fantasy players. Of course, you can join our Barstoolers Euros Fantasy League. Uh, we've tweeted it a couple of times on our Twitter. We'll put it up on our Instagram as well. Try and get as many people join as possible. So who are your must-have fantasy players? I have to go with Lukaku because... Yeah, I have look, Lukaku yeah. in captain. See, the, the fantasy is going to be strange because you have so many transfers. So even though I have Benzema as my top goal scorer, I think those goals are probably going to come maybe later on in the tournaments. But Lukaku... He's going to score goals in the group stage. So is Harry Kane. So I have both of them. Uh, and then when it gets to knockout stages, I'll worry about that then. But you have to have at least one of Lukaku and Kane, if not both. And then it's great the way you can swap around your captain. Just say you've Lukaku in the first game and Kane in the second game and Lukaku doesn't score. You can put the captaincy on Kane. And what the amount of transfers you get as well. Like I know the last Euro tournament, 
I was so we ran a league amongst us and our mates, and I absolutely blitzed the boys. It was an absolute demolition from yours truly. So my my front three, I do not think it can get better than this. Lewandowski, Kane, Lukaku, the big hitters, <laughs> the juggadors up top, Lukaku, captain. You have to have him. My team is too good. I've looked at this so many times. There's no way I'm not finished number one overall. I'm so uh, it's just too good. It's too yeah. Good. I, I, Lukaku definitely. Um, I'm saying De Bruyne as well because I feel like Belgium are going to get a lot of goals in that group, and I feel like he's going to get a fair few assists. The only so thing as a mid- with as a midfield De Bruyne, option, he plays as more of a centre mid rather than an attacking midfielder with Belgium. I know I had him the World Cup fancy, and he broke my heart. I had him in thinking, no, oh, he's, he's definitely going to score a goal or two in this game. No, it didn't, didn't really. It's go not. On. It's not goals. I I, I feel like. For the point, he's going to get a few more assists from midfield. Like, there's a few games there, like Belgium playing Russia. I feel like Belgium could easily stick four or five past Russia, and like he's going to. I, I don't know. I imagine he, he's if he's probably on set pieces as well. Like, I feel like he's going to get a fair few assists. I don't know who else. In, in terms of defense, um, I haven't even really looked at my team properly. I just filled it out, and I'm going to do it properly this week. For me, for these kind of things. If you're picking a centre back in your defensive lineup, you're doing something wrong. My four defenders are all full backs. I'm playing 4 3 3, and I have Alba, Kyle Walker, Thomas Mounier, and Denzel Dumfries as my back line. So I feel like all these boys, like especially someone like Mounier, he's, he's an all rounder. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. And Kyle Walker and Jordi Alba, like they're going to get forward. And Dumfries, like Netherlands have a grand group as well. And he'll get forward as well, bomb forward, get the goals. So good. I'm going to tell you, Mixer, you're all wrong because you do need a centre-back in your team. The yes, must-have player is Bastoni from Italy. He's very cheap. He only costs, I think, 4.5 million euros. He's probably going to start at least two or three games. Italy are not going to concede a goal at this tournament. I have done a run as my goalkeeper, so that's how I'm... Like, my my bench, the only player that actually plays it, Hideki, as my bench goalkeeper, and my three options on the bench, just went for the cheapest ones. Because when I was filling out this team, the most picked player out of anyone was Nego from Hungary. And he had, like, 48% of picks (laughs) because he was the cheapest one. I also have him. Then Mbappe, De Bruyne, Ronaldo. (laughs) 42% he is selected by. Yeah, madness, just because he's cheap. And then my midfield, I have Wijnaldum because he plays quite an attacking role in the Netherlands setup. He's a goal-getting midfielder, although he didn't play that role for Liverpool. I have Mason Mount. He's off the back of an absolutely fantastic season getting to the FA Cup final and winning the Champions League, obviously. And then I have Chiesa from Italy. He is a very good player and he was cheap enough as well, 7 million. So I feel like it was hard to go wrong with him. Uh, I also have Chiesa. This isn't my final team because like, I just filled out the team. Uh, but my midfielders are De Bruyne, Mount and Jota. But like, that's going to change probably. I just have Jota in there because they're playing Hungary first game. Uh, he's probably going to get taken out once they're playing the good teams like Germany and France. Yeah, no, again, another must-have player, I think, is Mason Mates because England have a nice group. Their toughest team in their group is Croatia, and even they're not anywhere near as good as they were in 2018 when they got to the final. Mason Mates, a very good player. Gareth Southgate loves him. 
uh, and he's only 7 million. You have to get Mason Mount. He's selected like 32%. So if he does anything and you don't have him, you're going to be going to be screwed. And another one I will say, he certainly isn't a must-have, but he's one to keep an eye on, is Joao Felix, because 8.5 million, he's only selected by 2%, and it's going to be probably a straight shootout between him and Jota as to who is going to start. Um, so, yeah, Felix is one to keep an eye on. He could be a great pick, could also be awful. So, any more ones? Uh, no, I, like, really, I might have another look, but I feel... After I picked that team the first day I did, I was like, this is the best team ever. I was looking at it. I couldn't believe I could afford it all. But yeah, I think tinkering might be my downfall. Just if you're on the loo, maybe five minutes. Five minutes could be the detriment of your entire tournament. And the way, what's it? It's like two transfers every game round. Yeah. Like that's a lot. And then when it comes to like the finals, you're going to have like six or seven players from like a France, and then however many from... Realistically, these will be won uh, before the what, what, semi-finals. Before semi-finals, because once the semi-final comes around, everybody's going to have pretty much the same team. Okay, but again, make sure to go on our Twitter and our Instagram, and we'll have the code up to join, or the link. You can just click the link either, and uh, hopefully we'll get a, f- a few people joining, and perhaps when we're doing podcasts throughout the Euros, we can inform you as to who's doing well, and you might get a shout-out if you're doing very well. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. It's going to be me. I'll be getting the shout-outs every week. I'm the best <laughs> team. Okay, and now I'm delighted to say we're going to hand over uh, to to me, I suppose, uh, and we're going to have our interview with the Barstoolers' resident Italian football expert, Giordano Pantosti. And now I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by our resident Italian football expert, Giordano Pantosti. Of course, uh, we are good friends with Giordano as he supports our local side, Dundalk, here in Ireland. But more importantly, for this purposes, he supports uh, Roma and, of course, the Italian national team. And he's going to be providing us with some, some expertise as to what to expect from the Italians this summer. So first question is rather simple, Giordano. What are Italy's strengths? Uh, so uh, let's say that Italy uh, has gone uh, from a, quite a, a dark place under Ventura to like in the spring under Roberto Mancini, the, the current manager. And we and I think that uh, the manager is a is a strength itself because he's one of the I think one of the best uh, managers Italy has ever had in terms of results. Uh, he had uh, 10 wins out of 10 matches for the European qualification. Uh, he won its group at uh, the, the Nations Cup, so uh, the Nations League. So, yeah, basically, uh, our manager is our first strength. Then uh, there are many youngsters that could like uh, lighten up, uh, like uh, Chiesa from Juventus. Uh, is definitely a one to watch. Um, Pellegrini from Roma. And unfortunately, uh, another one I should have mentioned would have been Sensi, but uh, yesterday it came the news that he is injured. So he will be replaced by another, another young player. Um, but yeah, and then there's Donnarumma. Uh, which is 
a very good goalkeeper just gone away from Milan where we where he used to play so yeah a lot of a lot of youngsters and I, I mean uh, a lot of young players in a combination with uh, a couple of more expert ones like Chiellini and Immobile is there any is there any weaknesses that they have you think going into this tournament uh so the the weakness uh i think like uh well uh we have a lot of good players but none of them no one of them uh has really uh has really won anything with italy so we have a lot of promises a lot of potentially good players but they all have to express themselves they have to prove themselves on an eye level. Uh, so despite the current results, we don't have like uh, a good record from both the previous European games and uh, we, we, we did not even qualify for the World Cup. So the, the inexperience on an, on a, in, in, the, in this team might be even a factor, maybe even a strength and a weakness. So who, who knows? Uh, so far, everything seems to have worked. There's positivity all around the place. And who knows? I, I wouldn't say there, there are any weaknesses uh, on the field because we have a very good team uh, on paper. But who knows? Uh, maybe some injuries here and there might, might change things a little. So as this is a predominantly Premier League podcast, we're doing a, an international spin. So if you are a scout for any of the Premier League teams, you're looking at the Italian national team. Who would be scouted? Who is the number one pick to be going on a transfer oh, in the summer? Definitely Chiesa. Chiesa is like is one of the brightest talents Italy has right now. Uh, he has gone from Fiorentina to Juventus. And he's improving season after season. So he's really, I, I think, is one of the most promising wingers uh, and Italian players right now. Uh, but also now that he's out of contract, Donnarumma might also be <laughs> might also be worth uh, a watch because uh, I, I think he's been linked with a lot of teams, uh, even some Premier League teams right now. Uh, he was linked with Barcelona before then I don't know uh, there are really a, a lot of things since, since he's out of contract but there's a possibility for him to go to a Premier League side I'd say Yeah, definitely speaking as a United fan goalkeeping a bit of a weird situation I certainly would take Donnarumma uh, but also just to uh, deviate away from the questions just I'm going to add one in here one player I've heard very good things about is Bastoni do you expect him to start in, uh, for Italy? And if he does, how, how good is he? Yeah, well, I expect him from, to start because uh, Mancini, he's a manager which gives a lot of opportunities to young players. So why not? Uh, Bastoni currently plays for, for Inter and uh, he's a central defender. So he's, he's had quite a good season and he's only 22 years of age, I think. And yeah, well, uh, it's definitely <laughs> uh, one one young player that can shine in this tournament. 
Okay, and look, we're, we're Irish. Ireland are not in the Euros, unfortunately. So we're looking for a team to support. So can you tell us why we should support Italy? Oh, because because of Italians, of course. <laughs> so the, the, the supporters are, uh, you know, even with COVID restrictions and things like that, uh, Italians are just like mad for footballs. And I live in Rome and there are like uh, dozens and dozens of local radios talking 24 hours a day about Roma. And th- that sums it up really. Uh, so, and even uh, there's even have been uh, a show uh, on national television uh, <laughs> recently uh, about uh, the national team, uh, which was very bad, like very cringy stuff. But, yeah. uh, but somehow, you know, uh, the passion Italians have for uh, their, their national team goes beyond like just tactics and players it's more like you know uh, it's more like a, a lifestyle really uh, so yeah uh, there is a lot of passion a lot of you know uh, a lot of commitment by anyone to <laughs> uh, to get things done right in this tournament a lot of expectations to be met yeah just just on that like what what like what are your expectations for italy and like what's the general expectations or just in italy itself for this tournament uh well we we should uh aim for at least the semi-finals i think uh because we have a once again a very good team we played very well recently in the last few years so yeah, uh, I'd say like uh, I would be quite happy if we made on to the to the semis, but who knows? Uh, I, I don't want I, I don't want to bring bad luck to to our team or or so. You know, in Italy we we're we're having these habits to uh, connected to like good luck, bad luck things and. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I would not. I prefer not to expose myself, but uh, definitely we have a chance. Sort of a similar enough topic. So with three of us, we've already laid down our predictions. So I had Belgium to win, and the two boys had France. In your opinion, who will win the Euros? Uh, yeah, I I stand with Ronan and Connell. I'd say France. Yeah, too yeah, good. I'd have to. They are They're definitely just, good, but yeah. yeah, not for me. And then. Who is the Golden Boot winner going to be? Oh, that's a difficult question. Uh, really don't know. Uh, I, I, okay, I'll be patriotic. I, I'd, say, I'd say Immobile. I trust him. And it's like, I, like he's been he's been Golden Boot in the Italian uh, in the Italian Serie A for like two years in a row or something like that, and he's like a goal scoring machine. Shame he plays for your rivals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, uh, the the more he he scores for the national team, the better. You know, uh, the, there are no rivalries yeah. uh, as far as he plays with with the Italian shirt. 
a dark blue shirt instead of a light blue one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so thanks very much for coming on the podcast, Giordano. You provided us with oh, lots of you. expert analysis. Uh, Giordano runs a Twitter account, Dundalk Italia. So if you're a Dundalk fan, make sure to follow that on Twitter. And we'll, of course, tag Giordano's account as well when we tweet this podcast out. So thanks very much for coming on. And hopefully we can have you back if Italy gets to the final. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thank you guys for the Thank you. So it was a fantastic interview with Giordano. So I think I officially get into the semi-finals in mine. And I do have a soft spot for Italy. Uh, we do owe them quite a lot as we've bet them three or four times Ireland, most notably recently in the Euros, of course, uh, when they basically let us have a win uh, when Robbie Brady scored. Uh, but, you know, he staked his claim for us to support Italy, but we have decided who are supporting with the most valid of uh, methods. We've done a quickfire quiz on some random website that asks us about our favourite movies and things. So, lads, Ronan, you've you've done the quiz. Who are you supporting this year was according to the quiz? Well, we do, because it gives you three answers, your top three answers. Well, we do our top three. You can, you can start with your third. Yeah, so my third one, well, it's actually a joint second, but my third one was Wales, which absolutely isn't happening because fuck Wales. Um, and then second, I have Turkey, which I mean, it's I already have, them as a, already have them as a dark horse, but it, has, it says, um, and it's not the team I'm going to support because I think Giordano has convinced me to support Italy, but it has has suggested for me to support Belgium, um, which I mean would be a good shout. Like, I... I I think I do have them get to the semi-finals, and like they are very good. I think a lot of people have them as one of their favourites. Do we have a Belgium though? Is I think Belgium are serial bottlers at big tournaments. I mean, yeah. maybe they haven't had the best squad, but I st- I still think they've underperformed quite a bit. I mean, they got knocked out by Wales in 2016. This is probably their last real opportunity for the golden generation because Hazard's getting on, De Bruyne's not getting any younger, Lukaku's at his yeah. peak. So yeah, company's gone. Yeah, who's who's he? Was even under centre halves, like um, Alvarez and Denier. Denier. Or yeah, oh. yeah. Like I, yeah. This definitely is their last chance. Yeah. yeah, like Martins is getting on as well. Thielmans mm. is young. But yeah. Well, next World Cup, like that, eighteen months away. So yeah, that might yeah. be another chance. But then Second you've got like chance. Arts. But then they're throwing. But even then, you're throwing in even more good teams like Argentina and Brazil in there that they might not beat. So. You don't know. So, Mixer, who yeah, are so your top three? My top three. So, number three was Finland. And I'm definitely not supporting them because they're going to get smashed in the group stages. They're 501 to win. And I'm a glory hunter in the Euros. Scotland was my number two. I'm not supporting Scotland. And my number one, my predicted champions of the Euros are Belgium. Belgium till I die, lads. I'm winning the fantasy tournament and my team is winning the Euros. My adopted team, Belgium, is taking home the gold. Okay, so my top three, number three, I have Scotland, which may be not the worst show because there's a lot of lot of sound people in Scotland, so maybe not so sound people as well, but they're joint third with Croatia, which wouldn't be a, a bad one. Obviously, I was, I was basically supporting them in 2018 between having England in the semis and obviously being underdogs in the semi-final and of course um, there's the Dundalk it's Croatia 
uh, Supportage Clubic. Uh, oh, yeah. We see well we done. seen these these t-shirts. I think it was head of the World Cup final. And uh, it, was, it was in the pub yeah. for the World Cup final. Yeah, the and, pub, and they yeah. were they were Croatians. It was just obviously lads that made these t-shirts for the final. Yeah, so Croatia. maybe I could get onto them to uh, locate a, a t-shirt, but it won't be because my number one, it's controversial, but it's coming home. Three lions on the shirt. Uh, I've got England 38% match. You know, I, I support United anyway, so that's three or four players. Come on, England. <laughs> Putting the world in motion. John Barnes. You we, we, all have to, we all have to get the jerseys here, so Connell has to go out and buy the... Yeah, buy an England yeah. jersey. The England away jersey is one of the nicest ones in the tournament. The Belgium one, I have so. to admit, the crest looks like it was made in a pro club's menu. Yeah, we, it's we, absolutely we, tragic. We said this before the podcast, be the really poor tournament for kits no harm um, it leaves home jersey lovely it leaves away jersey I, it looks like an f1 looks like a training jersey. kit it, i don't know what it is i Germany like have nice kits. germany's away is class the i'm not a big fan of finland's i really like portugal's the blue one with the, the stripes and the I think, two france kits are really nice i really like finland's home kit i don't know if it's their home kit for the euros but i know the one that they wore against ireland yeah it's just it's just a fucking flag. It's just a finished flag. It's fantastic. I, it's nice. I love it. Yeah. I think that just about wraps up this podcast. As to when the next podcast will be, we're not exactly sure. It's going to be slightly sporadic. We're not going to have a, a daily podcast or anything anything close to that. Perhaps after the group stages ahead of the, the knockout stages, there'll be plenty for us to discuss, plenty for us to chew on. And uh, we'll have a better idea of the route to the final when the group stages are over. So thanks very much for listening to this week's podcast or this special edition of the podcast. Uh, we had a great interview with Giordano. So it's going to be great to keep an eye on Italy and see if his predictions are correct. Uh, and as I said, we'll be back very soon, probably ahead of the knockout stages. So thanks very much for listening and we hope you tune in again. Network. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. Or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.